Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Wisdom for Life podcast. We're glad you're here. We want to give you wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what to do and having the power to do it in every way. And so I have a friend and a guest today, uh, Miss Maria Crane. Good to see you. How are you? Great. It's great to be here. All right. We are friends. Now, you live where, Miss Crane? Well, I live in Santa Rosa, California. Been there, was born and raised. Yep. Born and raised? Born and raised there? Yes. Born and raised there. So we live in Tennessee. So um, we get to do some coaching together, some um, books and helping people together. And uh, we became friends years ago. And they were coming through Tennessee, her and her husband. They stopped in to see us. And uh, we sure enjoyed that. What a blessing that was. And so um, tell us uh, what you uh, have done, you and your husband, and then what you do. Well, both Stephen and I, he's a retired physician, uh, we do wellness coaching. So we work with people's mindsets so that they can eliminate chronic illnesses and excess weight and really renew their minds and restore their health. Amen. Boy, how important is that? Uh, We only get one body in this life. And if we don't take care of it, we will greatly limit what we're able to do for God. I've said often, if I did not know for sure God wanted me to be a pastor, I would either be in health and wellness because so many people can't serve God because their bodies are falling apart, or I would be in a Christian business trying to fund the uh, ministry because so much ministry cannot be done because the funds aren't there to do it. And so uh, I get to do a little bit of all of that. So uh, they've got a great program. If they're interested in connecting with you guys, by the way, Dr. Crane's a great guy, caring heart, great mind, um, <laughs> and uh, do a wellness program. Where would they go to uh, check that out? Just uh, com. BrainTransformationCoaching.com. So uh, there are a lot of programs out there, a lot of health coaching programs out there, and some are good and some are not, and some are okay. And how about doing one where you have a real doctor, like a real doctor <laughs> that's there to help you? So, uh, and I can vouch for them. They're great people. Uh, you get, you guys just got back from a trip. Uh, it was fun watching that. Where'd you guys get to go? What'd you get to see? Well, we went to Croatia and Italy, and that was wonderful. And that we did some videos there too for our wellness because we realized that, yes, you mentioned we only get one body and we say your health is really your greatest wealth and you need to invest in it and take, take care of it. So you can go on those trips. And we were climbing up, you know, 500 stairs to go see caves and things. And you want to be fit and healthy so you can travel. At least we do. That's an important awesome. thing we have. So. Yeah, now, that is that is great. Super. All right. So our topic for today, last week, I set it up a little bit and talked about the Protectors Club, an anti-bullying program that puts a Christian club in a public school working through the football team. And that's more junior high and high school. And um, when Maria and I were talking boy, a year or so ago about this, she told me her um, idea and thought and what she does. So they together do the wellness coaching. But what have you done in your life and what do you do? Well, I've been a teacher for over 40 years. I've taught various grade levels all the way. Over, wait, over 40 years? Do they let you start teaching when you're 10? I mean, what, what, how do they do that? I started at 21. So yeah, I started at 21, got my credential. I went to Berkeley and then San Francisco State got a credential. I actually worked at a Christian camp. I kind of avoided teaching because both my parents are teachers and I thought, how boring if I just follow suit. But then after working with kids at camp, I realized I really like kids and got a job as teacher's aide to test the water. And then I got my credential and been doing it ever since. So I really love the energy of kids and, and being creative and watching them grow and mining out treasure in them. 
Beautiful. So what age do you mostly teach? And what is a problem that you saw in that age that you uh, got to help with? Well, I ended up teaching K through six the last few years. And right now I actually substitute. So I go into different school settings. I've been in a lot of Hispanic schools. And really, I've kind of come to see the decline in the social skills of students and really kind of tackle the bullying issue from the perspective of watching kids come in from recess, they're angry, they're supposed to get out math books or reading and do school assignments, but they've just had a feud at the playground. And so I've really started teaching kids how to wash their hearts, how to express forgiveness, use tools, and kind of really help them to reconcile with one another and practice forgiveness. Even in the public school setting, I call it washing your heart. They seem to understand that. I've seen some amazing stories of whole classrooms getting reconciled, bully kids forgiving and bullies being forgiven. And it's, uh, it's really been amazing. I had one fourth grade girl come up and tell me uh, that she had carried a grudge against another student for two years. She had tears in her eyes and she was saying, thank you, Mrs. Crane. I don't feel that grudge in my heart anymore. And, And so I just, I feel like it's so important to clear kids hearts for their learning process, but also You know, I've done studies on these mass shooters, just they've done a 60 year study in the Department of Justice, and they all have three things in common, childhood trauma, early bully incidents, and socially isolated. And so I feel like if we can get to kids early enough and teach them how to process grief and hurtful experiences, how to express forgiveness, how to truly reconcile, that we can eliminate some of this uh, horrific crimes where they end up either inflicting self-pain, taking their own lives or hurting other people. Because it's just, you know, it's of everyday occurrence almost here in America. And it's got to stop really. And it starts, we got to stop. So, yeah. Absolutely. Those school shootings usually happen in a high school, but the bullying problems did not start in high school. They started literally (laughs) on the playground in kindergarten, first grade, second grade. And uh, what a great thing to be able to fix and help them at that uh, time. So uh, tell me, uh, give me a scenario, what you would do. Uh, You have a situation in school and they just came back from recess and you saw, watch, heard what happened. Take us through a scenario, uh, play that out, uh, show us what you do. Well, I had one where uh, they just come in from recess. Again, it was a fourth grade class, a boy named Roy. Um, the kids, we were having a discussion. The kids kept referring to him and he knew he was being talked about. And he just literally slammed his hands on the desk and said, I, I know you all hate me. I, I hate this school. And I thought, oh boy, we got a big situation here. I just, uh, I literally prayed, Lord, I need wisdom. What do I do? I had the kids clear their desks and I talked about verse to try to get some empathy. I talked about my own experience being bullied for being the fat kid. And I said, how many of you felt rejected at some time in your life? And I got them to raise their hand and share kind of short scenarios of their own rejection. I said, that doesn't feel good, does it? Just to build again, that compassion, empathy. And then I talked about how our hearts get dirty too, just like our bodies. We take showers, brush teeth. We need to clean our hearts. And I kind of elicited from them what things dirty our hearts. So they would, I wrote it up on the board, drew a heart and they'd say meanness, unkindness, jealousy. And so we had this heart filled with stuff. And I said, well, how do you get rid of all that stuff? How do you actually wash your heart? And they had some suggestions. And one kid actually said, you have to ask for forgiveness and say, let's do that today. And so I asked Roy, if he trusted me to come up and run the class 
And then I told the kids it was going to take a lot of courage. But if they had done something to hurt Roy, if they would come up, look him in the eye and ask, not just say, I'm sorry, but say, please forgive me for, don't say the unkind name, but for calling you names or hitting you or rejecting you, be specific about what you're asking for forgiveness. And I had to fight back tears. So I walked. <laughs> I got him 20- now just hearing, yeah. hearing the story. I watched, I watched 21 kids come up and, and, and ask him for forgiveness. And then I had them either do a handshake or a hi-fi as a symbol of peace. And at the end, I said, Roy, a lot of times her kids hurt back. Do you want to say anything to the class? And he asked the whole class for forgiveness. And I, I emphasize to the kids, just like we don't brush our teeth, you know, once a week, this is a daily thing. We need to wash our hearts daily. They get dirty. And he, after he asked the whole class for forgiveness at lunchtime, it was the greatest joy to watch him go out and play <laughs> with the kids. And, you know, I saw him actually a month later when I subbed at the school and he said, um, he got it. He said, Mrs. Crane, I wash my heart every day. And he really, uh, he really ended up becoming later a peer leader, student government in high school. And I just, I just feel like that kid got spared years of devastating pain, maybe leading to his own, you know, addictions or self-harm or harming other people. And so and the, the, the rest of the class got it, too, because I every time the kids would see me, they'd like, we got to wash our hearts. we got to wash our hearts. They really understood that concept. And so uh, I think that for me has been kind of I feel like a calling to work with kids early to teach them that. And, you know, what was interesting, I asked the kids, do you think it would be easier for you as children or if I went into like the school office and gathered the staff and said, you know, does anyone have a grudge here? We have to work through anything. And they got it that it was easy easier for them. They can be mad as heck at recess and best friends by lunchtime. And sometimes adults, in fact, they, several of them shared, they knew adults that carry grudges to their graves that don't talk to each other. So I just am, I'm on a mission to get people to forgive early process grief in, in healthy ways. So they don't carry these things and end up, you know, like I said, either diminishing their own heart's capacity to give and receive love or, being trapped in pain or hurting other people through it. Amen. That is so beautiful. I got teary eyed with that. And, and it is, boy, how many times do you see families in adulthood and late in adulthood, bitter, upset, Mm -hmm. hate filled. My, uh, they're passed away now, but my wife had two aunts that wouldn't talk to each other forever. And you hear the story. It's like, what really? It was the simplest thing. It was about some recipe. You know, that was her recipe. I mean, it was just like, it's something that just seems so childish, but those things weren't fixed as a child. They didn't realize how to fix them as a child. And so being able to fix them as a child to have that healing and uh, what a beautiful thing. By the way, I love it that, I mean, these are biblical principles that you can teach without quote having to use the Bible in public school, they won't let you do right. that in California, but the biblical principles of forgiveness and letting it go and uh, cleaning your heart. I mean, all those are biblical things. You know, the Bible talks about our heart, you know, to keep thy heart with all diligence because out of it are the issues of life. So to protect and keep it and guard it. And how do you do that? By washing it every day. What a beautiful yeah. thing that God allowed you to do with that. And it's what you talked about. Nelson Mandela said it well, and he said, it's easier to build children than repair adults. And I know my own life, I needed a lot of repair work because it's like jackhammering through cement, some of our self-concept. And, you know, our, as children, those first five years are critical in the first 10 years to develop all of our self-concept. And it's like writing on the hard drive of our soul and spirit. And so all the words spoken to us. So if we can 
get to kids earlier. They're not going to need so much repair work later on. And I, I do something in the classroom too when I teach where we do, we have circle time. And uh, I've done this with teachers too. I've trained teachers and it's really wonderful to watch where we go around with an icebreaker or something, you know, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream. Then we do what we call I'm sorry and thank you time so that they can on a daily basis, you know, either show appreciation for someone or ask for forgiveness. And if you do it enough, it becomes a habit. It becomes second nature. And then we, you know, we also, I think that's part of the preventativeness so that kids are used to using this language and it's not a, you know, it's not an unusual process. It's something that they learn to do every day. And I keep, I keep thinking that'd be great for adults in, in different environments. When I've trained teachers, I have teachers crying because we'll, that some of them have heard affirmation, you know, or we do wow. a standing ovation for every kid. So, and we did it for the teacher. Um, this one training I did in, in Los Angeles, the, the, I said, which teacher needs encouragement? They all pointed to one woman and she was by crying <laughs> because she really didn't know how her, her colleagues felt about her and they got to express mm-hmm. affirmation. So I feel like that's really preventative too, because it's building each other up. It's doing what scripture says, encourage yeah. one another daily in Hebrews 3.13. So we're not hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So I think that daily encouragement goes a long way to prevent things and to really teach kids and adults how to use their words in powerful ways that are helpful. They are, they are so powerful. Um, I love the uh, verses, iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. What a beautiful thing. I love, I don't remember exactly where this was found, but it says um, the carpenter encouraged the goldsmith. Um, And so you got people working together and hey, you encourage somebody else. What a big deal that is. One of my favorite verses in Proverbs, um, the Bible says, as a fighting pot for silver and a furnace for gold, so is a man to his praise. So you have this ore of silver and gold, but you have the finding pot and the furnace. It removes the impurities out of the gold and the silver. Praise does the same thing. When you praise people for things, it removes the impurities and it helps them to strive more to be what they're praised for. What a beautiful thing to be able to praise them. And we don't do a lot of that. We do a lot more criticism and putting down than praising people for who they are and what they do. And I think our own children and in a school setting and a church setting, what a big deal. Everybody loves to hear, hear praise. And that really was a part of my story because I was the, you know, fat kid and I'd sit on the bench alone, feeling sad and lonely, wondering what it was like to have a friend. And then one day my teacher, she invited me to stay in a recess. She gave me a brand new box of crayons and she said, Maria, you're special and you're an artist. And she praised me for everything I drew. And, you know, she really changed my life that day and helped me develop a gift. And it's interesting that I became a teacher and an artist. And I really see that's the power of words to mine out treasure in people and to really speak words of life like Proverbs in 18, you know, chapter 18, verse 21 says, out of the power of our tongues is life or death. And our words can hurt or they can heal. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Big question, Miss Maria. So um, what are you going to do with this? Okay. You got this great truth. You got this. It's simple, profound. Uh, God's given it to you. So are we seeing book? Are we seeing a speaker's tour? Are we seeing a coaching program? Uh, And if people want this, need this, who do you want to connect with? How do you want to get this truth out? Well, I am naming the project Start With One Heart. Because if we can change one heart and prevent it from that 
filled up with unforgiveness, bitterness, then and release them. That's that's powerful, like I said. But I really would like to work with teachers because they have to be trained in it to use this the powerful uh, exercise of circle time, but actually making time in the daily schedule for kids to process their emotions and to express gratitude and forgiveness. So I'd like to get into school systems. I have written a children's story called Silver Song. It's on YouTube. It can be ordered through Barnes and Nobles, and it has a collection of songs with it about forgiveness, about how special each kid is. And so my heart is to get into school districts, to train teachers so that they can do implement this in their classrooms, really across America, because I feel like this is as essential as learning mm-hmm. the the writing, the arithmetic, all of that, this has to be done because I've watched kids. They're just not ready for learning when their heart is trapped in all this pain. And so it's preparing them for learning life lessons. These are life skills they are going to take their whole life. That is beautiful. So if somebody wanted to be a part of this, when you create, put this out, is there an email address, website, uh, any place for them to go where, when you are rolling this out, uh, where would they go for that? They can just go to my website, mariacrane.com. They'll see my children's book and they can connect with me there and we can talk further because I would like to get, I mean, I'd love to do schools, but of course I'd love to do corporates too, because I remember attending a Dave Ramsey entree leadership training. And he, he said too, he doesn't allow any gossip and no tearing down as company and you're warned once. And then if you continue, you're out of there. And I thought even adults really need a place. So there's so much, you know, they're unhappy or complaining to one another. And there really needs to be a place for people to clear the air and even express regular appreciation and really build each other up. So it's to me, it's a life skill that has to be implemented in every arena. But again, starting with school so that kids learn it early. And, you know, there's a saying my dad had a poster once that said, some people bring joy wherever they go. And then on the back, it said, some people bring joy when they go. And I always want to be in that first category. You know, I want to be one that people say, good, she's here. She always has an encouraging word or you know, she, she makes me feel good about who I am. And it's that whole thing. My Angela said, people don't really care what you know until they know you care. And I think in the end of our lives, it's not going to matter how big our homes were or how big our bank account was. But what's going to matter is how we made others feel with the kind words we spoke and how well we love them. And that's really how we change lives. Just like my teacher changed mine. That is so powerful. All right. Maria crane.com M A R I A C R A N E.com. And um, get on that, be a part of it. Uh, use what you've heard today in your life with your children in your school. Um, by the way, I could see that being so well used in corporate, you know, and uh, <laughs> bringing, bringing in a quote kindergarten teacher <laughs> to help them to clean their heart and to praise and encourage and have circle time and fixings because boy, how many workplaces are so dysfunctional yeah. uh, because of that. We had a, a couple, the tragic story, true story, and just tragic. A um, couple we had reached, they got saved and kids started coming on a bus route and then the parents got saved and they started coming and big group of people and uh, great people loved them. And um, uh, kids were getting older in school and he worked a good job and they didn't need the money, but she wanted to stay busy and do something. So she went back to work and found this factory 
that she was working at every day she would come home negative um downing marriage downing her husband and and the husband found out that all the ladies that work there they're all divorced they all hate men and all they did all day long is gossip and tear down men how bad men are and he's like we had a good marriage we we, we didn't fight we didn't have problems we raised our, our kids and every day it's just hate 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 and uh, and it got worse. He ended up leaving church, and I didn't get to help him. He'd come back to see me every once in a while, just in my office, and sit down. And and uh, he said, "Man, it can't get any worse." I said, "Look, don't say that. It can. You have got to get her out of that. You have got to get some help and counsel." And the wall went up toward me, and I didn't get to help him. And uh, a couple of years later, I heard in the basement of their house he had had it, and he put a shotgun uh, oh. under under his head. And, um, and there was a ceiling fan in the basement. I mean, it just, they came, the whole family came down and found, you can imagine what a shotgun would do and uh, true story and just horrific. Um, and what is that? There's some people that were hurt, abused, you know, childhood trauma, adult trauma, um, being taken advantage of being hurt. And they never got this heart healed. When the Bible talks about bitterness, we fail the grace of God. God's grace is sufficient for whatever we go through. But if we don't accept God's grace, that turns into bitterness. And Hebrews says that bitterness will trouble us and defile many. And so the trouble we carry because of that bitterness, and then everywhere we go and the people around, we're defiling them too. And you see so many adults like that. They never learned how to clean their heart and it's destroying them and it's the atmosphere i really want to create whether it's a work environment or class a culture of honor where people are honored and doesn't mean you don't have conflict it's a part of life but you learn how to process in a way that honors one another come to agreements you know i've always had a, a vision of businesses where nobody leaves with anything towards anyone in the heart can you imagine if you didn't walk out the door you resolved everything so it didn't carry over because even as the bible says and in Ephesians 4, you know, if you give anger, if you go to bed on your anger and you didn't resolve it, you give the enemy a foothold in your life. And I just think how many people go, whether it's angry at a coworker or a classmate or a parent, this has got to be a regular part of life. Just like we take showers and we brush our teeth. We need them like Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life. You mentioned that. And people aren't guarding their hearts and it's getting them into trouble and it's breaking down relationships. So it's, it's essential. I feel like I'm the, the heart teacher, you know, (laughs) that's the important part of our lives that often doesn't get the attention it needs. It is interesting. You talked about that, um, how Satan gets a stronghold in Ephesians, Uh, second Corinthians two, this verse is less Satan should get an advantage of us. Huh? How does Satan get advantage of us? For we are not ignorant of his devices. Okay, what is that? What, how is Satan going to get advantage over us? Look at the verse above. It says, to whom ye forgive anything, forgive I also. And to forgive it in the person of Christ. When we don't forgive, we are giving Satan an advantage over us. And I explain that if you look at two boxers or two mixed martial artists, they give us called the tail of the tape. And the advantage goes to who has a longer reach. You know, this Muhammad Ali had an 80-inch reach. Some other boxers had a 70-inch reach. That's 10-inch reach. You could hit the guy. He could have been swinging and hit you from that direction. So that advantage, if we do not forgive others for Christ's sake, Satan's going to have an advantage over us. That bitterness is going to destroy people. That happens to churches. That happens to marriages, families, homes, workplace. And it starts where you're at with those children. And you know what? It's worked with our wellness clients, too, because a lot of people, myself included at one point, we're eating away our troubles. We have unresolved issues that are weighing us down and we end up using food to numb out. It becomes the addiction of choice. 
And I always ask our clients, we take them through a process of healing their hearts on forgiveness is a really key because they end up, that's what's eating at them is these broken relationships with self, with God, with others. And so forgiveness to me is such a key for forgiveness brings freedom. And if you want to be awesome. free from anything, any addiction, it's, it's critical, it's essential and it needs to be promoted from, you know, earliest ages all the way up. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're about done. So wellness, go to Crane, C-R-A-N-E, Transformation. Say that again with a full okay. website. Crane transformation coaching.com. And then for Maria's um, own website, mariacrane.com and uh, on the bullying and heart and forgiveness and all, is there anything that um, you would like to say, any advice, any words for anything that I didn't ask you? No, not really. Just that I personally feel like, you know, at the end of our lives, we're going to get asked one question. Did you learn to love? God and people. And that's the essential. That's why that condition of a heart is so important because whether you're a seminary trained professor or a little five-year-old kindergartner, the, the, it levels the playing field. Did you learn to love? And he talks about in Corinthians, you know, I could be an Amazon bestseller. I could have this great program, do it all over the country. But if I have no love, I'm nothing. So that's why I'm on a real mission to get hearts clean because at the end, it, it even says in Matthew, you know, at, in the last days, the love of many is going to grow cold. And so I want to start a movement where we make sure we're not letting our hearts get um, trapped so they're not loving. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Uh, we've been friends for a while. We've talked about this issue yeah. and, and uh, who knows how in the future we may get to work together to help people, but it is such a big deal. And to start with the young people and help them to understand this simple principle of cleaning their heart and forgiveness and love um, to be a heart coach. What a great thing. Maria, thank you so much for all that you do and uh, people listening, uh, feel free to go to those websites and connect however you can. And uh, God bless you, Maria. And if we thank can uh, help anyway, let us know. God bless. All right. Thank you. Blessings.